<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. This is the JJC podcast with your host, Andre Motri. Um, the season is officially over for the 2020-2021 NFL season. I know everybody watched the Super Bowl. Tom Brady does it again. If you watch last night's game, I as I was watching last night's game, it made me realize how important the offensive line is. Patrick Mahomes looked like a totally different quarterback when he was playing with replacement offensive linemen. His best linemen were out due to injury, and it showed. Um, He looked like a totally different quarterback. But I ain't here to talk about all that. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have three former Jaguars, no, four with Jaden Mickens, that I know of on their staff that I like. Well, I don't like, well, yeah, I like. Um, Congratulations to Byron Leftwich. I was a huge fan of Byron Leftwich when he was here with the Jaguars. Um, congratulations to Leonard Fournette. No hard feelings. Actually, you should be thanking us because we gave you an opportunity to go get a ring. <laughs> and um, Blaine Gabbert, you know, he started this whole Blake Bortles process. And... He's been a decent backup in the league, and congratulations to Jalen Mickens. He did a good job on the special teams tip. But since I got that out the way, this is episode, I think, 24, 24. Man, it's been a long, it's been a long journey, episode 24. Um, today, we're going to talk about a number of topics. Um, I'm going to start with the first one. Tony Pazelli, Tony Pazelli gets cheated again. Um, he was a finalist for the fifth time, and his number wasn't called. Now, I'm not gonna say he was cheated. This was a tough. This was a tough unit that he was going against, and these are the names he was going against, and. Due to him getting injured at the peak of his career, it's gonna take it's gonna take somebody in that room to make a hell of an argument to put him over the top. These were the these were the modern era finalists. Jared Allen had an excellent career. Rondé Barber he changed the cornerback position. He he was he changed the position. Tony Bazelli. Tony Bazelli, I'm I think I'm saying his name wrong. He changed his position at tackle. When I ask people about Tony Bazelli, they always say <laughs> it is funny, they always say he's the guy, he's the reason all these linemen get paid. That's what they think of him. Because a lot of people don't Pay attention to Jaguars football. A lot of people don't. So when I ask the casual fan, they like, oh him? Oh, that tackle y'all had? That big that big dude that 
destroyed Bruce Smith, he the reason tackles get paid. That's what they defy him as. He was on this list. Leroy Butler, Alan Fanica, Tory Holt, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manny. Oh, you knew Peyton Manny was getting in. There was no, this shouldn't have been a discussion in that room. Soon as you hear Peyton Manny's name, it is an automatic yes. Nobody should have said a word. It should have just been silence. Hey, is Peyton Manny getting in? Everybody just look at each other and they laugh and they go to the next person. Clay Matthews, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, Charles Woodson. Those were the 15 finalists. That's a hard one to get over. It really is. And as great as his career was, if he had three more years of high-level play, it could he would be in already. And he should be in. He should be in. But some of these players that are coming up in the up-and-coming future, they will have that longevity. And that, that's going to hurt. It's going to have to be someone in that room that convinced enough people to give him a chance. I think I think Fred Taylor should be higher up on this. Um, I think as more people get to know Fred Taylor's personality commercially, I think he will rise on this list. You know, Fred Taylor is on the podcast. I am athlete. He gets to show himself a little bit more. I think Jimmy Smith needs to be up on this list. It's like a one and done with him. He should be up higher on this list. But the guys that got in, um, the class of 2021, um, we got Peyton Manny, of course, Charles Woodson, of course, Calvin Johnson, congratulations to Calvin Johnson. I personally would have had him wait. I know he was a good receiver, but is he first ballot Hall of Fame receiver? I mean, is he? Like when I think of first ballot, I think I don't have to think about it twice. They're in. Like at receivers, I think they've there the people that got in first ballot at receivers, the last one was Randy Moss. Randy Moss, Jerry Rice were two examples where they were first ballots. Chris Carter wasn't a first ballot. And he caught he his his career had up and downs, but it was it was fantastic. T.O. had an amazing career. He wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Isaac Bruce wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know if I put him as a first ballot Hall of Famer off of eight years. Eight, nine years, I don't think I put him in as a... Yeah, he had a nine-year career. Three-time All-Pro and a six-time Pro Bowler in his nine-year career. And he's getting in on his first year of eligibility. Eligibility. 
<laughs> I don't know if I would have done that. I, I would have probably, I personally would have went with someone like Zach Thomas, who has been amazing and been pretty consistent throughout his whole career. But let's continue on this list. Drew Pearson should be in there. That's that's a good decision. That was a good decision. Alan Fanica, good decision. Maybe an opening for Tony next year. But, you know, that the year they had a good chance to bring Tony in was when they expanded it for that one year. When they expanded it, that's when Tony should have got in. And they still dropped the ball. Bill Nunn, yes, he should. Good job. John Lynch, good job. He he was a Hall of Famer. It was just waiting on his time. Tom Flores, about damn time. He should have been in the Hall of Fame. I'm happy that he gets his due. Um, I don't know in the up-and-coming future when Tony Baselli is going to get his turn. Because the past three years, there was a good shot that he should be in. But I also think that now that Trevor Lawrence is coming to Jacksonville, I think it may change some tunes once the Jaguars become successful, popularity grows, people we gain new fans. Once we gain new fans, a lot of people look into the old archives of the team and they'd be like, oh, my goodness, that's who Tony is. That's who Fred Taylor is. That's who Jimmy Smith is. That's what Thunder and Lightning is. More of those things will come about. I'm going to switch topics. Um, there's been a lot of talk. About Telvin Smith. Um, Telvin Smith, our former linebacker, actually was one of my favorite players on the team before he retired. Um, I understood why he retired. Um, He had a lot of personal things going on. And you need a break. And and you want to get away from the game. I completely understand that. Um, Fans have been... Talking about will he return? There's been articles about will he return? Could there be a comeback? And let's 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 all open our eyes here. There's no comeback. He's not coming back to this team. <laughs> Telvin Smith is done. He is done. Now he's had some off the field problems. Since he re- since he retired, I call it a retirement. When he walked away, it was a retirement to me. I didn't believe one bit he was coming back to play for the Jaguars. He's had his issues outside of football since he's retired. I'm going to say it's retired. He ain't coming back. And I think he's just messing with us. Because he has, he has court allegations. I I believe I don't, you know, like he has things outside of football 
going on that the NFL is not going to let him back. There's no way on earth they're going to let Telvin Smith back with the things that have been alleged. There's no way. There's no way on earth he's going to get back in the game. This is, I mean, the stuff that is alleged isn't like, oh, he was smoking weed and things like that. The things that he's been alleged to are more serious. And, I mean, honestly, there hasn't been much reporting on that matter as far as how much time he's going to get out. It's still a, it's still a case in process as far as, as far as I know. Like it's still open in process and no charges have happened yet or anything of that nature. So I find it hard to believe that Telvin Smith is just going to come back and play. First of all, he's been he's been out of the league for a couple years. And I th- I think our linebacking core really don't need him. Um I thought we needed him when he left, but to be honest, I don't think we need him. I mean, one of the strong spots of our team is linebacker. And we don't really need him. Um, let's just cut it out. Telvin Smith ain't coming back. <laughs> Telvin Smith is done. He is done. Um, let's get that out the way. He's done. Put a fork in it. Take it out the oven. He's done. Honestly, we shouldn't even be talking about him coming back. Do we really want him back? We don't. He was a great player for us when he played. And I I thought he was going to be the next leader on the team. I love this speech about Paul Polonsky. I really did. It was passionate. I thought he was going to be a leader on this team for years to come, and then he retired. He had the issues that, you know, just just life happens. And I understand life happens and things happen, and you need to step away. But once he stepped away, I was not confident that he was ever coming back. And now, you know, I wish Telvin Smith, you know, healing on his journey. You know, just healing on this journey. Let's switch to Jay Gruden. Um, he was the former offensive coordinator for the Jaguars. Very at times he had very inconsistent play calling. At times the offense would come to a halt. Some would say it was his quarterback. Some would say it's his play calling. At times, I felt like, hey, he should have ran the ball more. But no. He's running towards something else. He's running towards... Apparently, he may be running towards broadcasting. Because he's taking shots... At everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite guy, Tony Romo. Um, recently, 
recently, and why take a shot at this man? Um, Romo was Romo has become a fan favorite. He's the Cowboys quarterback. He gets that Cowboys cliche. He gets that Cowboys aura, and he breaks down the game. I mean, he was a little rough on the edges when he first started, but a lot of people like his ability to predict the play and call out what could have happened, things of that nature. I'm personally a Chris Collinsworth type of guy. Now, here's a guy. (laughs) Now, here's a guy in Jay Gruden taking a he taking shots at Romo. This is what he said. (laughs) He said he thinks Romo's predicting skills aren't anything special and he could do the same. (laughs) Is he mad because he could call out your plays? Because shit, the way way you were play calling for the Jaguars this season, I believe that many fans could predict what the hell you was going to do next. But let's continue. This is what he said. He's only right 30% of the time. Those are pretty obvious. I mean, nobody talks about the times when he's wrong. (laughs) But when he's right, holy cow, he's a genius. Oh, come on, man. Shorts a run. Nope, it's a pass. Sorry, I was wrong. Why is he taking this personally? Like, what is your beef with Tony Romo? Now, is it the money he makes? Because he makes a nice, pretty penny doing what he does. I think he makes more money doing that than he does. Or, yeah, does playing football. What's the reason, Jay Gruden? If you want to get a job at landing a media gig or broadcasting, do you think this is the way to do it? Because it don't. I mean, I've never heard anybody hate on Tony Romo outside of probably other broadcasters that's done it longer than he has. That's looking at like, why, why did he blow up like this? But there's no reason to hate on Tony Romo. Jay Gruden, cut it out. Listen, like, 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 Tony Romo is, he's getting better at what he does and he's doing it well. You don't have to knock the man down to get in the room. This man said he's only right like 30% of the time. And those are pretty obvious. Not to the motherfucker that don't play football, who has never played football. It ain't that obvious. Because they're watching the game. And they like Tony Romo doing that shit. So, who gives a shit?
I mean, people that play football probably can break it down, but it's hard to do that on a broadcasting one. So I'm I'm pretty sure he gets some of them wrong. You can only see so much when you're watching TV. But Tony Romo is, is good at his job. He's good at his job. I don't know if I want to hear up hear Jay Gruden up there. I don't think I I I can't I I don't think I could see Jay Gruden up there. I I, I really don't. No reason at all. Last episode of the podcast, I talked about Urban Meyer and how important it is for Urban Meyer to get a staff. Um, He's never coached in the NFL. I believe Urban Meyer is a leader of men. That is one of his strengths. And I think if he puts a great staff together and he'll be able to cultivate the culture that he wants for the team. And I believe they will be successful as a result. So far, we're going to just take a look at the hires that he is going to have on his staff or to join his staff in Jacksonville. We're just going to start with the offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. Um, He's expected to be the coordinator, the offensive coordinator. I like the decision. Um, Bevel has been around quarterbacks. Bevel did a great job. He did a great job at Seattle in developing Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll, out of his own, Pete Carroll said that that was Bevel's project. Russell Wilson was Bevel's project, and he did a hell of a good job. They won the Super Bowl with him. They also lost one with them with the most questionable play call in probably NFL history. But I like that he owned it and he said he would do it again. I like it. I mean, I would have never did that. You could have just gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch, but you did that. He also spent time with Brett Favre as a quarterback's coach. Between 2003 and 2005, he was there. I like the decision, and last year he was the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions offense was eh. It it was it was okay. But where everywhere every job is different. Every job is different, but he's been around experience he's been around experienced quarterback with Brett Favre. He's he helped develop Russell Wilson. That's a huge plus which helped lead them to a Super Bowl. He's got NFL experience. I like it. Quarterbacks coach. According to Ian Rappaport, Brian Schoenheimer will be the quarterbacks coach. I like it. I like it. 
he was the Seattle. He's also worked with Russell Wilson. It's into I'm gonna it's gonna be interesting how this goes. I like it. He's gonna be the QB coach and a leg and a passing coordinator, passing game coordinator. I like that. I like that. I think that's a great decision. I'm not I'm not that's a good decision. Let's let's continue forward. Um we don't have a running back coach. It hasn't been determined yet. We don't really know. Tight ends coach. The Jaguars are expected to be hiring Penn State's co-offensive coordinator slash tight end coach, Tyler Bowen. He's been a tight ends coach and an offensive line coach only at the college level. Penn State's tight ends. He calls the plays for Penn State. So in the 2019 Cotton Bowl, when they set the record for points, he was the offensive coordinator. We'll see. Offensive line coach Dennis Todd of CBS, he reported that they may retain our offensive line coach, George Warhop. Wide receivers coach. La, Sanjay La, maybe the wide receivers coach. Um, he was a senior offensive assistant, a senior offensive assistant for the Seattle Seahawks. Looking at what I'm seeing, it's a lot of former Seahawks on this offensive roster. If I'm thinking how they're thinking. This may work for Trevor Lawrence. I really could see this working for Trevor Lawrence. If anything from the Super Bowl taught me anything, it's have a great offensive line. If the Jaguars get a great offensive line, this this could work. If it's working, this could really work. And the offense will be really efficient. I'm curious on how they're going to attack free agency. But I'm seeing a lot of Seahawks on here. A lot of Seahawks. Let's go to the defensive side. The Jaguars are expected to name former Baltimore Ravens D-line coach Joe Cullen as the defensive coordinator. I mean, he's never been a defensive coordinator, but he had a long track record as the defensive line coach. He was here previously. I like the decision. The Ravens have a good defensive line. He knows the defensive line. He's coached it enough. He has a long track record. And he's just coming up to be a a defensive coach. I'll take it. I'll take it because it's not Todd Wash. We no longer have to deal with Todd Wash. I'm fine with it. I mean, Todd Wash, I wish him well on his journey because he got hired somewhere else. But 
He's not on this roster no more. And for that, Urban Meyer gets an A. He gets an A. Fans have long wanted him gone. But for some reason, the coach's loyalty to him, regardless of what the defense does, and the questionable calls that Todd Wash dials up, has not gotten him fired. It's not gotten him fired. Don't know why. Don't understand it. All right, defensive line coach. According to the athletic Bruce Fieldman, he reports that the Jaguars are expected to hire former Alabama co-defensive coordinator and Atlanta Falcons D-line coach Tosh Lapoy. Um... Atlanta's defensive coordinator and Atlanta defensive line coach. Take it. We'll see how it goes. I mean, Atlanta's Atlanta's defensive line has been, I, ugh. and I mean, Alabama always has talent on defense. Former Ravens defensive assistant line coach. Sterling Lucas will also reportedly be joining the Jaguars staff, according to Athletics. Yes, according to the Athletics, Jeff, I am not saying his last name. <laughs> Let's go to linebackers, coach. Um, it's reported that Charlie Strong will likely be the linebackers coach. But the Jaguars have also interviewed former Baltimore Ravens defensive assistant, Zach Orr. It's alleged. We don't know yet, but it's been between those. There's an update. I didn't see that. Or will be joining the Jacksonville coaching staff in some capacity. We don't know if he's going to be a linebackers coach, defensive back coach, whatever. He's going to be on the staff. I like it. Comes from the Baltimore Ravens staff. They always have gems. Baltimore Ravens are a stable organization, and they always have gems. Always. Somewhere... One of those coaches are good. Defensive back coach. Former Ohio State and Texas defensive coordinator Chris Ash will be the secondary's coach, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. It's a wait and see approach. Um, It's a defensive back coach. We got young DBs, so we'll see. And we're probably going to add another defensive back. We may add another defensive back, maybe a veteran. Or they may just rock out with the ones we have because we have a lot of young players. It's the youngest team in the league, so there's going to be veterans added along this defense somewhere. Maybe secondary. Never know. Special teams coordinator. Um, 
They're reported to hire former Seahawks special team coordinator and formerly Dallas Cowboys special team assistant coach Carlos Polk will also reportedly join the staff. Hmm. Brian Schoenheimer? What is it? Schoenheimer? I don't even know how to say his last name. That's terrible. But they will be reportedly joining the staff. That is what I have so far. Um, as far as information about the Jaguars coaching staff. But I will say this. I like that there's some Ravens on there. And I like that there's some Seahawks on there. Two of those organizations are consistent winners. And they develop their talent. If I could take a guess, I'm going to guess that the offense is going to be based how Russell Wilson ran the first five years of his career. It was a great offensive line. It was it was leaning on the run game and the quarterback playing off the run game and having a very tough and physical defense. Baltimore Ravens have a tough, physical, fast defense. I'm just going to take a guess that the offense is going to go in that direction. If that is the case, I like it with Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence has some mobility. Trevor Lawrence can make the throws and Trevor Lawrence has good decision-making skills and he, he has good decision-making skills based on his college, based on his college numbers. He's made great decisions with the football for that. I think we may have the receivers and may need one more receiver for that type of offense. Chark can chart can charts a burner. He can go straight down. So that'll be good. We also have LaVisca who can play the slot and has great hands. That's good. We also have Colin Johnson who came on of late. We don't know if I think Chris Conley is a free agent. I'm not really sure if he's a free agent. They may let him go. But we have some receivers. So this could work. I, if, if these are the hires... And this may change. I'll, I'm I'm more confident in Urban Meyer with the Jaguars. I've come around to it. At first, I was a little skeptical. I was thinking, ah, oh, college coach. Uh, but if, but I, I I am a believer in if that's your guy, take him. If he's your number one. Take them. Don't go for number two because such and such said so. Don't go for number three because you didn't want to pay money to number one. You go for your number one guy. Get your number one guy and then give everything you need for your number one guy to succeed. 
And it appears that they are putting everything in place for Urban Meyer to succeed. And I have no problem with that. That will be the end of today's episode of the JJC Podcast. When you get a chance, check out the website at www.jacksonvillejaguarscountry.com. Hashtag Jags Country on social media. And I will see you guys in the offseason. Bye.